Welcome to the Tier One Podcast, bringing you interviews with the brightest minds in the shooting industry. Get unique insights to help you shoot better, survive longer, and outperform your competition. Brought to you by Tier One, the world's best shooting accessories. Hey guys, welcome and uh, thanks for joining us for episode two of the Tier One Podcast. This week we're very lucky, we've got Chaz Bales of Warhorse Development joining us. Uh, Chaz is the founder of Warhorse Development, and uh, if you're not familiar with the brand, they make really high quality shooting bags. Very popular at the moment. Um, they're supplied to the military and also to um, civilians. Uh, Chaz also runs a PRS match in uh, his home state of Montana. That's coming up later this year. He'll talk a little bit about that, a little bit about how the bags are developed and designed and what the different ones are used for. Um, a cool story, you know, behind each of the names as well. If you have a look at the website, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, yeah, we cover some really cool stuff. Things about how to prepare for a PRS match, uh, what makes a great um, shooting bag, and so on. So, so here he is, his Chaz Bales of Warhorse Development. Yep, yep, he got yeah. the cleed. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So and he got a um, custom cleed. That thing was pretty sweet. Oh, is that custom was, one? Yeah, that's a totally custom one. There's a, there's only going to be one other like it. Oh, fantastic. And Excellent. that one is going to be mine, so. <laughs> How nice. There's only a couple in the wild then. Well, there's only yep. one in the wild, officially. Well, uh, that, uh, in, in, with that camo design and with the embroidery and stuff like that, yeah. Brilliant. Only, just the, just the, the one right now, the other one's sitting here in pieces. Not, yeah. not even built yet. But. Yeah, fair play, fair play. So can you uh, tell us, for, for the listeners who don't know you, obviously, and don't know the brand, can you tell us, like, uh, how did you get into, well, tell us your background, basically. Where did it all start? All right. Well, uh, my name's Chas Bales, uh, of course, we'll horse it on it. Um, originally from Wyoming when I was a kid, moved all over Wyoming, Texas, and Montana. Uh, joined the Marine Corps. Uh, after my first, after I got, got a high school, I tried my hand at, at college, but I realized that um, drinking beer and chasing girls was way too much fun compared to school. So I <laughs> sure. joined the Marine Corps to get some, a little bit more direction. Um, uh, went to Japan, uh, came back from Japan, we, you know, September 11th, we went and invaded Iraq, um, invaded Iraq, came back. Um, I'd been, a, I'd actually been a, 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 marksmanship instructor in the Marine Corps for a while. Um, and then we went and invaded, came back, went back to doing that. Then I got out of the Marine Corps, came back and started, tra uh, um, tried my hand at college again and I did all right. Um, yeah. but I was more interested in riding Bronx and, uh, Drinking beer and chasing girls again, and so the the yeah. Marine Corps set, set yeah the Marine Corps sent me a letter uh, after being out for a year. They're like, hey dude, uh, we want you to volunteer to be involuntarily recalled to go back to Iraq or Afghanistan. So I was like, all, all right, right, this sounds great. So so I volunteered and went back for another year. Brilliant. Uh, went back went back to Iraq and um and then got so you out. Did two, my... You did two tours of Iraq. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then. Uh, uh, on the way uh, home from um, Camp Lejeune, uh, flying back to Montana, I actually met uh, a girl who ended up becoming my wife. We met at the St. Paul Minneapolis Airport. Oh, awesome! Um, we yeah, we happened to be seated on the in the same aisle, flying back to Montana, and uh, struck up a conversation with her. And yeah, now we have four kids. Um, wow! <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was pretty fair cool. enough. Uh, That's cool, man. And then, well, when I got back to Montana, went back to went back to school, um, became a mechanic for a while, and then 
I went back to school again, got a, a civil engineering degree. Um, right. And uh, while I was while I was getting my civil engineering degree, I went 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 back into the military <clears throat> and uh, had them help me pay for college. Uh, and then when uh, I graduated college, uh, I uh, pretty much got out. My wife was like, "This is enough. <laughs> you you've yeah. been in for long enough. We're done." Yeah. So, uh, um, <laughs> then then uh, I got a job uh, working on uh, building roads and bridges and. Uh, Started shooting competitively, like NRA competition, um, right? Kind of like the Marine Corps qualification type stuff. Right. The shooting, shooting high, high power, and then kind of got into F class, and and I, I knew I wanted to do a little bit more instead of you know sit at you know 200, 300, 600, or yeah, uh, 700, 800, or was it 800, 900 thousand for F class? Yeah, or um, um, Palma. It's 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 fun. Great people. I've learned sure. a lot from those folks, but I kind of wanted to start doing something more. And that's when the PRS was really starting to get, uh, starting to kick in. This is like back in 2012. Right. Um, so, so I, so I built a rifle to try and get into that. I built a, a, a 308 off a of defiance action with a manor stock. Um, went through so many different scopes, trying to figure out what scope was, was right for me. Um, yeah. and then, um, I started shooting PRS uh, a little bit. I shot some club matches that that had had happened. Um, this was only like four years ago. I, I started shooting club matches, and uh, I, I was just brand new at it. And um, I, I actually it was like my second or third match I ever had had gone to at the same place down in Three Forks, Montana, uh, with a guy down there named Glenn Demeray. He's a really nice guy. Um, but I was shooting with this former Marine sniper, Brian St. Clair, and uh, he was teaching me tri- te- tips and tricks and all this other stuff. Uh, um, teach me how, like the ways of the force, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good to have and, a mentor. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, you you if you, to get into this game, you you need to have a mentor. And yeah. mentors are super easy to find. Um, just got to find the right mentor uh, yeah. that fits your style and fits your attitude. Um, and Brandon, being Brandon was a former Marine, he was being a former Marine. We got along really, really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, at that that match that I first shot with him, um, he had like a pile of freaking bags with him. Like he he had, so he had a um, a Mystery Ranch pack uh, overload, a, you know, one of their bigger uh, yeah uh, rucks, and it was chock full of stupid bags, like all kinds of stu- stupid little bags from, yeah. from tab, tab gear and whomever. And, uh, I was like, dude, why are you carrying so many freaking bags? He's like, mm. well, this bag's for that, this bag's for that, this bag's for that. And I was like, we got to figure out a way to yeah. reduce the amount of crap that you're carrying. Yeah. <laughs> it's not practical. It's not practical at all. And so we started talking about it and Brennan, <clears throat> he's a excavator operator. Right. And, uh, so he, uh, you know, and he's one of the best excavator operators out there. He's really, really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking about, you know, like how we can, um, make something that can attack different types of obstacles, not just, um, something in, in parallel or perpendicular, but like odd obstacles, like rocks and trees and all kinds of different, different things that you, you might come across. Right. And I'd just gotten off a job that had been. Um, Rockfall mitigation in Wolf Creek Canyon. I, I wasn't a huge part of that job. I was just kind of one of the guys in the in the ether in the background there. But mm-hmm. we had um, an excavator out there called a spider excavator. 
or a spider excavator is is um, an, an excavator that has four articulating legs where it could crawl up some of the most in, insane slopes and and stabilize itself and, and go ahead and, and dig and do what the excavator needs to do with yeah. its legs all, all wonky and way the hell out there and weird. They're, they're amazing pieces of technology. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds like a transformer yeah. or something. <laughs> oh, it, it, yeah, it kind of is. It's, it's yeah. crazy. They're, they're <laughs> super cool to watch uh, watch uh, operate. Um, so we started talking about that. And so um, Brandon had given me the assignment to go ahead and design something. He's like, you got to design something and, and come up with something. Because at that time, um, I, I'd started sewing. Like, uh, I learned some leather work from dad when, right. when I was a kid. I did a lot of leather work with dad. And then, um, like, I'd never ran a machine. When I was in Marine Corps, if I ever needed to modify or fix a piece of gear, I always just hand-stitched the dang thing, which took forever. But yet, you're sitting in the barracks not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Might as well just sew, you know, do hand-stitch something. Um, Yeah. And and then um, that that winter before I I, I shot with Brandon, um, I was looking at all my gear, knowing that I needed to change something. And I had a little rear bag that my wife had made me when we first got married. And right. she, she made it out of the old camis. And uh, I asked her to make me a new one. I wanted one just a little bit bigger. And she's like, screw you. Go do it yourself. I was like, I don't know. So she's like, figure it out. So, uh, <laughs> tough love. Uh, yeah, tough love. Straight up. And uh, so I went to my mother-in-law, who's a, a quilter. I got like a five-minute lesson from her about how to run a sewing machine. And uh, I used my wife's little Singer sewing machine, one of the little portable things. This thing's like from 1940-something. Yeah, um, they're classics of singers, aren't they? They're quite collectible. They, they, they are, yeah. And this thing's probably worth some money. Um, and uh, so I started making some some rear bags out of uh, my old camis from Iraq. And some, some fellers saw what I was doing. They're like, hey, man, can you make me a, a rear bag too? And they bring me their camis. And so that's kind of how I started was just making them out of, out of camis. Um and so when I was at at that that match with Brandon, I'd, I'd already you know been sewing for like a month, um, <laughs> yeah, a long time, right? Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> you're a pro right? by then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I have this this assignment to to go ahead and try and make something. I was like, oh crap! So I order in some material and I start designing stuff. Um, and at the time, we'd been doing a um, a, a road job uh, over by Pendroy, Montana, mm-hmm. uh, which is right along the mountain front. Um, and uh, we're, we just started this project pretty much. And I was sitting there watching these guys uh, um, put in a pipe. It's raining out and it's just crappy. And yeah. I'm going ahead and designing stuff and making making things. Uh, and the, the iterations of the different designs kind of sucked. And I finally came up with one that like looks all right. And then it, so, so I start designing farther. And I ended up actually using calculus to make my bag. You mentioned um, this, yeah. I mean, actually, you mentioned something about that when I met you. So, how does that work? How do you? How did you use count? I'm not a mathematician, so it's going to go straight over my head. But maybe do well, the just be, brief version. Just, be, just because of the angles and, and like I wanted to make sure that I had the had the proper curvature to where I didn't have um, uh, any strength problems. Right. Um, and, and it was really hard because I, I tried to bring in some strength materials and, and stuff like that. I had to do all kinds of research on 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 strength of different types of uh, of fabrics and, and everything else like that and I, i'm a civil engineer so like i'm used to doing like steel structures and doing strength materials off of steel structures and, yeah. and or wooden structures or, or something like that so having a wood beam and, and whatnot so i i, I had a it, it was a big pain in the butt <laughs> it really was a big pain <laughs> in the butt for sure um, but 
but when I first when I when I finally got that that, that design down, I went ahead and, and built built the first one. Um, I, I did. It took me an entire day to make the damn thing. Right. Um, and uh, I had a we had a match coming up, and this was like my first team match. Is the first like really really big match uh, I was going to is at the at the time it's called the S three um, sniper challenge. Um, or no, 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 excuse me, is the D6 uh, sniper challenge now? It's called right. the S3 sniper challenge. Um, put, put on by uh, uh, Sig Sawyer and, and and Pete uh, Howell, who's a Sig, Sig Sawyer rep, and that's yeah, that's down in Three Forks, Montana. Great place that where they were in an, an absolutely fun match. Um, but so I, I made that first one and I, I took it down there and I showed it to my, my friend Brandon, I showed it to Anna and Eric Miller from AEM Precision. Um, super great pe- people out in Eastern Montana. They they make um, like ammo wallets and some rear bags. And um, Eric Miller is one hell of a gunsmith. Um, that's that's who, one of the people I go to uh, for all my gunsmithing is is him. Um, yeah, he does an extremely good job. Um, but I showed it to them and they gave me some some suggestions. Um, I showed it to my friend Sky Thomas. Uh, Sky is the guy that invented the Skypod. For sure. Um, and uh, that's when Sky showed me his bipod that he was working on. And at the time, yeah. I'd been so bored, I'd been designing my own bipod. I saw Sky's, and I was like, well, crap. <laughs> I gave up on mine. <laughs> this was way better than what I was trying to do. But uh, I, after that, I came back and I uh, re-attacked uh, uh, the, the design flaws. Not all of them, but I re-attacked a few of them. Um, then I set that one off to a, to a feller. Um, and then I'd, I'd already started, like, already looked at the, the, the flaws that I'd, I'd made in that one. This is, like, one of the things I, I wanted to make sure that I had was a an opening that people can adjust or fill. Right. At, at the time, all the bags that I'd seen, they're all sewn shut, and what yeah. the fill is is what the fill is, unless you want yeah. to pop stitches and, and stitch it up again yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I, I redesigned that into there and did a couple other things, and, and there – I mean, I didn't have a lot of equipment or know-how on actually how to do any of this stuff. Yeah, um, you were just and, and learning as you went. Yeah, pretty much just just learning a, a, as I was going and working with all kinds of different materials that I had no experience with, uh, besides <laughs> just a little bit of research. Yeah. Um, and then it started um, growing from there. Really, like uh, the Saracen was the first one that I come out with, and 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 the. Uh, the Saracen was Sam Houston's horse that he uh, that got shot out from underneath him at the Battle of San Jacinto. Um, right. And, uh, that's so. Yeah, that's an important point because you, all of your like Warhorse Development is the name of the company, and all of your bags are named after famous horses who've who've featured in war, right? In in battlefields and. Yeah, I ch- I kind of changed that up though. <laughs> My newest bag, the Peanut, is actually a. a, a <laughs> I saw that one. A, a rodeo yes. horse. So, yeah. Like I couldn't find the, the bag shaped like a peanut, so the, right. it's a perfect name. And I couldn't find a war horse named fits. Peanut, <laughs> except for that the one rodeo horse. So I was like, ah, it yeah. fits. <laughs> I gotta, yeah. gotta go with it. <laughs> but they're but in principle, so they're all named after horses. And Saracen was uh, was sorry, whose whose horse was it? Sam Houston's horse. Sam, uh, Sam Houston. Houston. Yeah. The, uh, and you've got Cleed. Yep, I got Cleed. So Cleed was. Um, a, a later development. I went from Saracen to the Comanche. Uh, Comanche was the lone survivor of That's uh, right. Custer's uh, last stand, um, and uh, became a really fam- famous horse, uh, especially back in, in that time. 
Um, yeah. Comanche is actually a, a whole lot smaller than what the Saracen is because one of the things that I was thinking about are the, the Saracen is a great bag, but yeah. it's too big for military and law enforcement applications. Right, it'd be too too heavy. So I made the cleat or the 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 the, uh, the Comanche, excuse me, and and that became really popular with uh, with women, kids, and military and law enforcement. Yeah, and um, like, it's a great bag. And then I have a couple other bags like your normal bags, like. Uh, a regular rear bag called we called Traveler, which was uh, Robert E. Lee's horse, um, and, and then like the Nelson is a big old puff pillow, which was one of um, George Washington's horses. And yeah. actually, a guy who asked me to make that, his name is Mark Nelson. Um, oh wow! He, yeah, he that said good. he said yeah, it, it worked out perfectly because um, he wanted this this double bag system, that pump pillow type system that that connected together, so he can right. get higher and do stuff and and. Uh, I knew that George Washington had a horse named Nelson, and his name's Nelson. Mark's a super nice guy, so kind of named yeah. it after Mark and George Washington's horse. But um, right. so we we did, we did the Comanche, and that became pretty pretty awesome. And then um, I'd sent it to a, a an FBI agent, and he was he loved it, and he's like, "Dude, you got to figure out a way to make this two pounds or less, right. so I can run with it out in the field." So I I began to search for. For different fills and, and trying to find that, that 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 perfect balance between weight and um, uh, <clears throat> stability and and uh, it, it led me to um, some really really cool stuff uh, which is called get light but I yes I've seen this yes yeah, yeah get light super, super great stuff um, expensive as hell what's it made but, of uh, I don't know the the the, the crazy scientists won't tell me Right, <laughs> but uh, it, it's really, really neat stuff. And yeah, I, I started using it um, in, in, in August of last year. Well, wait, try to remember timeline. Uh, August of the year before, so I've, I've had it for a while. I started using it. Then um, I, I, I told a couple of SF guys about it. I sent it to the FBI agent. Um, I also sent it to to your guys over over there. Um, yeah, the, the special people and. Uh, yep. And they've been running it, and and all the feedback on that stuff was absolutely phenomenal. Like this is a great stabilization for, and, and and it's it's perfect for the for the weight for what you get. So the Comanche goes from four pounds to just over a pound and a half. Right. Saracen Saracen goes from you know like six pounds to two and a half pounds. Right. So I mean it, it's it's a huge difference, absolutely huge difference, and and its ability to to stabilize properly is it's about the same it really is about the same i mean there is something to say about about weight and, and stuff like that when you're when you're shooting and, and absorbing that recoil but applying the proper fundamentals of marksmanship it doesn't matter it's fine it, it works perfectly um and even if you're not applying those proper fundamentals it still does a great job so um my, my cousin um has one of my comanches and um uh he does special stuff too and yep. you know, one of the things he he made sure to when I gave him that bag, he was like, I can empty this out. And that was one before I had get light. And uh, so what they would do would be would be empty out that bag before they went out on operation, get into position, they'd fill it with dirt. Yeah. And then there they go. And then when they went to move again, they dump out that dirt. Right. Which which works, but that's also time consuming. Yeah. You can't do that in a in a PRS, but you could do that in the field. Yeah, well, you could do it at a PRS match as long as there's dirt around to put in there, and that's a, the other issue is if there's no yeah. dirt, I mean, what the hell are you going to put in there? Um, yeah, yeah, but there's a time limit too, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, like in PRS, there's a time limit. What you'd want to do in PRS is if you were doing that, you want to make sure that your bag was filled before you go up to that that stage. And yeah, it, it just wouldn't work out. But uh, um, so uh, the, having that lightweight, I mean, they could carry it around, use it in operations, and it's not that big of a for the, for the benefit that they get off of um, the bag itself. It, it, it's worth that trade off in weight. Um, to show so for for having that you know pound and a half or, or like the clean two pound bag it's, it's yeah. worth that tra- trade-off so they can have that stabilization to have that um ability to um uh, uh, utilize that bag in, in different positions um so uh sorry using that get light and um is that and, more and, popular than the than the standard film like on on your website do you find more people like the lightweight or people looking for this for the solid heavy bag it's about half and half um, right. doggone get light is expensive it yeah. really yeah. is expensive it's four times as expensive as regular film right really really so, so like on on the the comanche it's 35 dollars extra for that fill i think right. it's 35 dollars extra for that yeah fill. that's gonna put some people off yeah 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 it will it because they're like ah that's 35 dollars i could go buy bullets with or something like that yeah um yeah but to, to me, that's it's, it's well worth it. I, I I prefer it just because I, I I'd rather move quickly and 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 then instead of carrying around a heavy heavy bag and, and not be tired out by the end of the day, mm. um, especially lugging all the all the crap around. Um, but uh, I, I, after so, um, uh, Chris Giddings is the guy from from Get Light, the uh, Precision Professionals, super nice guy. He's over in Helena, Montana. Great dude. Um, he, he'd released the, 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 the get light fill. And, uh, um, once, once he did, I mean, it was like, everybody's like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, Holy crap. <laughs> and at that time I was coming up with a, a, a new bag because I, I'd, uh, noticed like, I love the Comanche and I love the Saracen. Yeah. And the Saracen seemed too big. So that's why I made the Comanche, but for right. PRS work, um, the Comanche can't seem a little too small for, for a lot of the stuff that you did. Right. Um, so I actually made one that was right exactly in the middle, uh, the Cleed. Yeah. We named Cleed after um, a, a, a horse that the, the special operation guys who invaded Afghanistan had used uh, um, during during the invasion of Af- of Afghanistan. You know, like oh wow, so that's horse. a that's a modern war horse then. Yeah, it's a modern war horse. Um, and actually, so I, I'd called uh, some of my SF customers and friends. Um, I was like, hey guys, I I want to name a horse after your guys' horse. Yeah. And so it, it became a chain of SF dude calling, SF dude calling, SF dude to call the right guy, you know? Yeah. And then it all filtered back to me, and it was, it was Cleed. Um, and I, right. I have a, the whole litany of his actual service, um, which is actually really, really cool. Uh, I was trying to get some pictures, but, you know, SF people and, and showing pictures is kind of hard. Um, Did they send you a picture of the horse with the eyes blacked out? The little, <laughs> <laughs> oh, little bar. Oh. God, that would have been awesome if they did. I'm gonna have to ask. That'd be yeah. perfect. <laughs> she put one Holy out. That, it should. Oh man, this—that's great. Um, the, uh, actually, when we get off the phone, I'll call one of my friends and see if we can't get that. Yeah, that for should sure. be cool. Um, <laughs> so back, uh, clean. And so the, a lot of the horses that they use over there were, were just knuckleheads and and big old POSs, you know. And Cleed was was the best horse out of all the horses that those guys were using. And each one was trying to, like, every time, like, they had to go out and do stuff. 
like each one would try to get get Cleed to go, you know, yeah. go out and do stuff because he's actually a good horse. He's the man. Yeah, he was the man. And so um, that was named after our, our modern day war horse. And, and so far since I've, I've come out with the Cleed, uh, the Cleed has actually been the most popular bag uh, for folks to buy just because because of its size. Um, and, and it works so well between, um, you know, shooting PRS competition and then hunting or, or uh, military law enforcement operations. Because um, with that get light, cleat only weighs two pounds. Right. Um, and that, that's not a big deal to, to carry around, um, compared, sure. especially compared to like five pounds, which would be its regular fill. Mm. Um, or if you put sand in the damn thing, that thing would be, uh, it's like 12 pounds. Um, wow, that's a significant difference. Oh, yeah. yeah huge difference. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, so it's been the n- number one seller, and it's one I, I, I mainly use now and run around with and i i actually absolutely love the damn thing and uh, my my issue is i can never keep a bag of my own because i end up giving it to some crazy bread or something like that <laughs> <laughs> a short show yeah, yeah. <laughs> hassles you for one yeah <laughs> so, so i actually i made myself a, a, a another one in wax canvas I had it yeah. embroidered with my logo and stuff and and that's yeah. the one i'm i'm running currently and see how long i get to keep this one yeah um, Nice. <laughs> well, it's good marketing. It's oh, good. It yeah. It's great, great marketing. But, and I'm sure that you guys and Craig knows that, like, you have this one that's like, oh, this is great, and then you're talking to some dude, and that's like, oh, that's amazing. Well, I don't have any with me. Oh, I guess you can have this one. You know. Yeah. So, 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 so you're supplying these to the to the special forces, and they use them in the field. Are you getting good feedback from that? Oh yeah. Um, I get great feedback from those guys. Um, some of the pictures I've gotten from um, different professions are pretty amazing. It's uh, they're unshareable pictures to, to, of course. to anybody, but they're it's really cool and it actually gives me warm fuzzies uh, to to know that uh, even though I'm out, uh, my stuff is still in the fight. Fantastic. Um, it, 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 it it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's a cool thing yeah. to think. And it's it's great. The brand is like a proper. It's a proper military. It's got those origins, you know. It's yeah. got that fighting fighting history. So you've been uh, you're doing a, a PRS match, aren't you, uh, of yeah. your own? Yep. So we're we're hosting um, a PRS match here in Montana, right up against the the uh, Rocky Mountain Front at the Boone and Crockett, uh, well, the Teddy Roosevelt Memorial Ranch, owned by the Boone and Crockett. It's um, right up against Lewis Clark National Forest. Um, probably. So far, for all the matches I've shot, it is the prettiest match you'll ever be to. It yeah. is absolutely gorgeous there because the entire western skyline is is just mountains. It's like boom, right there in your face. Wow. Like you you drive five minutes and you're at the mountains. I mean, it's like, I mean, totally right there. It's a super cool place. Um, nice. And the, the ranches, uh, the the ranch and the folks that work there at the ranch are, are great people. Um, it has great facilities to to host an event like that because they actually host um like Boy Scout things and um, uh, other things like nature walks and, and other nature things. People go out there and do stuff. Cause one of the reasons why uh, Boone and Crockett uh, bought this ranch um, years and years ago was to prove that, that cattle um, could live side by side with wildlife, which we all know can happen, but they, they did a whole big old study on it and they're still studying it. And folks from colleges and stuff, um, getting their doctorates in wildlife biology and all that other stuff. We'll go out there and do a study and do a, a dissertation about this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Um, 
but the ranch is, is super cool and the, the the prs match this summer is going to be it's called the the big medicine uh precision rifle challenge um one of the reasons why we called it big medicine is not because of big pharma or nothing like that it's because yeah. of like uh the uh the the native american um like uh big medicine um in, in order to do great things he must have good medicine within himself so right. good karma good karma essentially gotcha um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're we're right beside the Blackfoot uh, reservation, and uh, a lot of like I grew up with uh, 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 Native Americans, and I, I've been friends with them my entire life. I have no beef with them or nothing like that. And we actually have uh, a great Native American artist uh, who who actually drew us um, a, a, a Native American warrior on a horse holding a precision rifle. Nothing that they'd have, you know, back in the day. Yeah, it's still pretty cool that uh, you know. He, yeah, yeah. He did that, and a great artist, really, really great art, artist. And I, I'd love to tell you what his name is or what what the, his company name is, but I cannot pronounce it <laughs> because it's a, it's a it's a Blackfoot word. And uh, and we we also like are doing some other things. Like there'll be a, uh, a tomahawk throw. I have a friend uh, over in near Rowanan, Montana. They have a company right. called Montana Bows. He's going and they make their own bows, their their recurve bows and stuff, and they're going to bring those yeah. down, and we'll we'll have a side match shoot with the the recurve bows and stuff, um, and then our, our trophies for this match are um, tomahawks actually. Right. So so la- last year uh, I I had a great outfit out of Texas um, make me these these tomahawks uh, as our trophies, and this year we're having them do it again, and they're absolutely pieces of art they really are they and they're really cool so they gave me one as well um i just want to chop things with it it's it's, it's yeah cool tomahawk um yeah and so we're having make the make tomahawks again uh this year um so we restricted the amount of uh shooters to 100 just because uh of the the ability to uh get so many people into the the rescues and wildlife center and stuff but uh is it a multi-day event or just just in one day it's a multi-day event so mm-hmm. we uh check-ins on on thursday plus we're also um uh hosting a loophole uh sponsored train up um okay for for the first is, is the first come first serve train up and that thing that train up went fast holy crap really? did it go fast yeah really it did um so our instructors are, are nick bazone who's a uh a, a, um the staff in suic for mountain snapper school yeah uh, nick kadarzy he owns his own uh uh, training company he's out of washington fantastic uh shooter he's really really a uh, good shooter um and he'd actually be a great interview too uh we have josh reeves um uh former sf sniper and and uh he also teaches uh, uh down at independence training in arizona we have chris giddings and then brandon st Clair are, are also helping out and instruct um and uh so and we're going to have a, a low instructor to um <clears throat> uh, student ratio so it'll be four students per per one instructor which is one of the right. reasons why I, I had it like there's just a limited number um and, and uh because I, I want them to get the most benefit out of that training that they possibly can yeah it sounds um, like a really um heavy hitting training team to oh, it, uh, yeah it really and that's is. all sold out yeah it is yeah oh, um and our, our match is almost sold out as well, which is pretty doggone cool. Um, last yeah. year, since we were uh, last year was our first year doing a national PRS match. Um, we'd ran matches before, 
between the Rifleman's Team Challenge and, and some like just local matches and stuff. But this was last year was our first uh, national level PRS match. We only had we had just a bare minimum number of shooters uh, to make points, which is like 60 or something like that. Um, and th- this year, shoot, I, I there's not very many slots left. Actually, I think most of the slots left I've I've held for the sponsors like like Defiance and and Proof and and stuff. Yeah. Um, there there might be a couple slots left, but it, it's it, it's shrinking pretty fast, which is pretty awesome um, comparatively. Um, yeah, and then, for sure. And that's your se- is this your second year? So uh, second year match. for yeah for an, for a national level, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've we've actually been running matches for four years now, right? Um, and uh, we've actually had uh, I mean, some really good turnouts for for, for matches, um, uh, just from Montana people coming up and, and, and shooting because like three three miles north of my house uh, we have the the Two Medicine River Canyon, um, and it's, it's on our property, and we so we'll shoot um, uh, across the canyon into the canyon down the canyon. Um, and I have really, really good neighbors. Uh, as long as I don't interfere with farming or ranching, they they're like, do what you need to do. Have have some Brilliant. fun. Don't shoot um, the cows. Yeah, don't 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 shoot the cows. So if there are cows out there, and most <laughs> of the time, the, the only time the cows are out there, it's across the river. And actually, across the river is the Blackfoot Reservation. Um, right. And, and that landowner is super cool. Um, but uh, I, I try to schedule it like to to make sure that the, there are no cows there at all. And usually they only have, have cows there in the wintertime. So that works out great because I do most of the matches in early springtime, um, especially up there just because of fire danger and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, shooting in that Canyon is great. So I'll, I'll actually rappel down the Canyon wall and set targets down in the bottom along the side of the cliff. Um, and it, it's, it's a pretty amazing uh, venue to shoot at as well. And really, really, really picturesque. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's, we're just in kind of hilly area, not terribly hilly, but you're going along. It's just wheat farm, wheat farm, wheat farm. So they Canyon. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> there it Mountains. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, <laughs> Fantastic. It's pretty, pretty neat place to shoot. Um, and I, I go up there and I, I shoot a lot. That's one of the main places where I train cause, uh, well, I, I can. And then I shoot yeah. here at the house, the house too. I like hundred foot feet from my house is my range and I can shoot out to 900 yards just right here. If I move like another 200 feet uh, south, yeah. I could shoot uh, however far I want to. Wow. Um, um, Very lucky. Uh, Very lucky. That benefits of, of living in rural Montana. Yeah. 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 Pretty neat. If um, I went out a hundred yards and started shooting, I'd be banged up. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. about a thousand houses. <laughs> Fair enough. So I, I want to ask you about this because um, I was watching in a um, another video. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a he was a sniper. He was a milita- U.S. military sniper who had gone into PRS. He was talking about the difference. It was actually quite a significant difference, and he learned more. He said in PRS, oddly enough, than he did when he was a marine. Uh, he wasn't a marine, sorry. He was a I can't recall exactly, but he was a U.S. military sniper trainer. And uh, he did his first PRS match, and he and he got he got creamed, and he expected to win, as you can yeah. imagine, with his background. Yeah. And he said it was just a different skill set, and uh, he learned so much. Did you find did you find that coming to PRS from you know your background as uh, as a marine and, and everything you learned? Was there still a ton to learn? Oh, there there's so much to learn. Um, and I was never a sniper. Uh, I was never I was just a regular regular dude. Um, but uh, there, there's so much to learn, and, and 
one of the benefits that I had when I came in was because I shot so much NRA and then also being a, a, a instructor doing, doing that um, in the Marine Corps was my fundamentals were totally solid. Cause that's one of the things you teach uh, every, every Marine learns, you know, solid fundamentals. Yeah. If you're a, a, a primary marksmanship instructor, you learn how to teach those fundamentals and you're doing the fundamentals all the time. So my fundamentals were solid coming into this is just all the other stuff like like your ballistics and, and um, getting better dope and the proper dope and, and stuff like that. And then, then attacking and uh, applying those fundamentals that you can use when you're in the, the kneeling, sitting and prone position to, to, you know, shooting off a barricade or other funky stuff that, that uh, match directors will come up with. Yeah. Um, and, and also in, include movement and everything else like that into it. So the only, uh, the, the biggest thing I had was was fundamentals. Everything else I had to to learn and find that mentor, like like Brandon being being a mentor for me. Um, Nick Darcy, I think Nick uh, is one of my mentors as well as Nick Bazone. Uh, I've learned so much from those those guys. Uh, just just talking to him. Um, like last year, Nick had come up um, to shoot my Rifleman's Team Challenge match, um, and he stayed up here for a week, and we shot uh, quite a bit. And even after the match, we, we, we shot. And I, I learned a lot from, from just that little bit of time hanging out with him and the, us, you know, uh, banging away at steel um, in, the, in the canyon. Um, there, there's always something to learn. I don't, I don't care who you are. Even even Vivert and, and, and Pinch, they're always out there trying to learn something. I know Bazone's always trying to learn something, as well as Godarzi is. is um, Long-range precision and doing this stuff is actually an, an art form. It's like the... So, uh, put it the way that my dad dad puts it, because um, my dad's a uh, my dad ropes. And he he used to ride Bronx, and um, he's, right. uh, he also loves to play the guitar. Yeah. And dad said, so the greatest guitar player you'll never hear, because he's in a basement trying to get it perfect. Yeah. For um, sure. So there's there's always, even though that that guitar player is absolutely made, he he's still he's not perfect yet. And yeah. So there, there, there's always a way to become better, and that's what we're, we're always striving to do. So like, like a Jake Weber running those uh, new Hornady Amax bullets to try to try and eke out that little bit more of perfection and his yeah. load on his rifle. Yeah. So um, there's there's always something to learn. I don't care who you are. You could be uh, the greatest sniper in the world. You're still going to show up to a match and learn something at least. Yeah. But it's always um, evolving, isn't it? It seems to be, it seems it to be developing the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And and then there's there's folks like me that are trying to come up with uh, products to make yeah um, different different things easier. You know, like <laughs> like 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 my my cleave makes things easier. Yeah, uh, shooting shooting off the barricade, especially like if you consider putting just your bare uh, forearm of your rifle on, on a barricade and then shooting yeah. out, you can. It's fine. It works out. Just uh, you can't. You can do it. It's uh, not a problem. But it makes it easier. You know, throw that cleave down or throw that peanut down to help yeah. stabilize that. That uh, create a bigger surface area and also create a a, a cushion between your your hard uh, bottom of the of your forearm and that hard barricade. Yeah, so there's going to be some vibration and bounce and stuff like that. So if you create that cushion, it helps things out. Um. So there's there's always something to learn and. And somebody's always going to come up with something new, uh, yeah, to, to make things easier. Do you, do you find that the gear makes a big difference? Like if you if you've got a hundred shooters and one guy has the new innovative product, does he dominate, or is it 
down to the skill of the shooter. It's mainly skill. It really is mainly skill. You can't buy your way into a winning. Yeah. Um, we have we have uh, I, I've seen quite a few guys with all kinds of like the brand new whiz bang stuff, but yeah. they, they still end up you know mid midway down the pack. They they they, they yeah. fall back to their lowest level of skill. Yeah. Um, it, it it's it, and. In in this game, it, it really goes down to the skill. Gear helps out to a degree. It really does. It does help out to a degree, and it will make make life easier on you on, on, in certain aspects. But it still still boils down to you. You have great gear, but you blew a win call. Yeah. Um, you're 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 not going to hit that hit that target if you for you know, sure if you blew blew that win call off, or if you never practice or or. Or you do, or you have bad dope or something like that. I mean, it does boil down to the, the skill and like, but like I went down to the, the National Rifle League Championship um, this past winter, and uh, this is just a, a for instance on on skill and also mental mindset. So I went down there. I was really excited to be there. I don't like being around people, as you saw that shot show. Like a lot of people make me nervous. Well, it was massive. It was crazy busy at shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was so many doggone people. And so, yeah. <laughs> so it, at College Station, Texas, there's a lot of people. There's a yeah. lot of trees. I can't see. The farthest I could see was maybe, you know, it was at the range, actually, and that's about a mile. Yeah. Or I'm used to being up here where I could see, you know, 20 miles. But wow. it, it, yeah. It's, it's, so I, uh, my mental mindset was a little messed up, and then I was first up uh, – on the first day, on the first stage, I was so doggone nervous. Yeah, um, first up, that's oh, rough, yeah, man. And uh, that was with people I didn't know. I only knew one dude within oh. my, my squad. I knew of other people in my squad, but I only knew one dude. Yeah, and uh, and he's he's a funny dude, but uh, but love right. the guy anyways. But yeah. uh, anyway, so <laughs> um, first up, first stage, and oh, I I totally sucked on it, like bad. It took me four stages to actually get in my groove, and when I finally got my groove, I shot extremely well. Okay. But I, I had the uh, what they call it in um, uh, NRA high power uh, shooting, the knee high winds. Right. So your your knees are shaking. Yeah, it's not, right. the, it's not the actual it. wind that's messing with you; it's your knees and, and your, oh, yeah. your nerves. So yeah. I, I was I was really really nervous, and then once I got over my nervousness, I, I started shooting extremely well. Yeah. Um, but not well enough to to catch up with Tate Streeter or Godarzi or anything else like that. But yeah. I shot ex- extremely well, and uh, so that's one of the things I'm trying to work on is, is get rid of those knee high winds. And what get rid sure. of those knee high winds is by going out and doing it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So you get you condition that adrenaline response. Yeah, yeah, you do. And and, and so that that's on a mental mindset. And, and if you have the greatest gear in the world, but you're nervous. You're not going to do worth a, a hoot unless you control those nerves. Yeah, of course. Um, and then if you have the greatest girl, girl in the world, but you have zero skill, you're not going to do worth a hoot. So yeah. So if somebody was, um, if someone's listening to this and they want to get into PRS and they've been doing something else prior, what would you say? What what makes a good PRS shooter, or what should they work on? <laughs> it depends on person to person. It sure. really does. Sure. Um, but but uh, really, it'd be fundamentals work on your fundamentals uh of marksmanship yeah um breathing control breath control getting behind the weapon properly having proper uh ocular relief uh between you and the scope um um and, and just you know try to control your control your heartbeat and your breathing as much as you can 
that would be that'd be number one. I would say number one, uh, work on your uh, your fundamentals. Then everything else after that, it'll come to you. It re- yeah. really will. Um, and then the the old old thing, practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Like, like you practice all the time. You'll 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 get better. You will get better. I, like I dry fire a lot. So uh, the hell's his name, Lonnie, Lonnie Basham. Right. Um, have you heard of Lonnie Basham? I have not. Tell us about so, it. So Lonnie Basham was a, a Olympic shooter. Great, great shooter. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Lonnie Basham. I have his book. Hold on, let me let me look up his book real fast. Yeah, yeah, uh, go for it. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I was right, Lonnie Basham. Um, nice one. I'm going to Google him as well. Yeah, so his book's called With Winning in Mind. Um, right. And then I think he has another one called Winning Mindset. But uh, he, he talks about how, because um, uh, if I remember right, he went into the army, like he'd shot, you know, when he was in, in high school and stuff like that. And then he went into the army and he got on the army marksmanship uh, team. And for the first like month, two months he was there, he didn't fire a single round. All really? he did, like, yeah, it, uh, the, the dude in charge told him, was like, dry fire, dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. So he just right. sat there, dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. Everybody else went off to matches, did all this other stuff, and he was just standing there, dry fire, dry fire, dry fire, dry fire, day in and day out. Yeah. And then he was finally allowed to, allowed to, to go out. So dry firing is huge. Um, it's, it's cheaper uh, to dry fire than it is to shoot all the time, right? Of course. Because you're, you're not actually expending any, any, any bullets. Um, yeah. So I dry fire a lot. Um, uh, and with a scoped rifle, you can dry fire within your house. Um, because – uh, you got. Well, I'm not sure how you guys' laws are, but like, I have my rifles here. So um, I'm not going to make any recommendations. Nothing on record. That you can put uh, on your 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 uh, your scope to be able to shrink um, the, uh, your your uh, field of view and be able to focus right. in at right. 13 feet. Like right. at, uh, one, one of the outfits is DFAT. Uh, I don't remember what it stands for, but DFAT. Um, and they also you know, sell little little cards that are have all these little targets on there of some landscape somewhere. I know Swanee's Gear sells sells a system that's a big system. The thing's pretty cool, um, and you could put that on there and and then dry fire within your within your own home. And so I have a little barricade that I, I made that I could take apart and set off to the side in case we need the room or whatever. And I'll shoot off of that a lot, or I'll grab a chair, grab a ladder, um, do something, just do something. And, and I've heard this. And, I've heard the stepladder thing recommended before. Yep, yeah, st- stepladder works out very, very well. Um, and and uh, uh, yeah, really, it's just, it's just getting getting behind that rifle and and, and dry firing, and then coming up with a stage in your mind. Uh, get, get yourself a little kitchen timer. Give yourself a minute and a half, two minutes, and go through the stage while you're yep. dry firing, um, and, and see how, how how you can improve. And then the number one thing about dry fire is to be completely honest with yourself. Yeah. You have to be honest with with your with the, the break of that trigger and everything else like that. If you're not honest, you're not going to prove. Yeah. Um the and I guess the other biggest thing I'd say uh, going back to uh, what people should should try to do if they're getting in uh, into this is be ready to eat some humble pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um th- this is the one of the most humbling sports ever. It's like that snapper dude that you're talking about, and even like yeah. uh, my friend Villa, Phil Vallejo, um, like the you know, they're, they're snipers, and in their own mind, when they w- went to that first match, like 
I'm a sniper. I'm going to win this stuff. Sure. Because this this is what I do, right? Yeah. That's what that's what they're thinking. They show up and they get their butt kicked by a gardener. Um. <laughs> and uh, that's so humbling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally humbling, especially yeah. for 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 men of that caliber, you know. Yeah. Um. And there's a there's a lot of alphas within the sport. Of they course. Got to got to eat that humble pie in order to get better. The guys that can't um um take that, they they quit. Yeah, because they won't be able to take that. Um, I've seen some examples of some some folks just freaking get completely pissed and they drive off when they weren't like like the range is closed and they just got mad and they yeah. went. You know, we had a ceasefire and they left. You know, really? because they were so doggone mad because they they weren't up to their their yeah. own expe- expectations because they thought they were just going to clean the field. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Actually, you, know, you mentioned Phil there, and uh, um, I I was checking out his YouTube. A couple of days ago or yesterday i think it was and he's got a great video on there that, like it's very you know kudos to him for putting it on there because it's like a blooper reel of him doing prs and oh, yeah. the magazine's falling out and the bag falls off and all this stuff and you, you think yeah that's what it's really like you know <laughs> it doesn't go silky smooth and this guy is a top top competitor or, yeah. or certainly a top shooter by the looks of it yeah and, and we just got to take those and adapt and overcome it and and like if you do have a mistake or say you do bomb a stage, um, you got to just drive on. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, you got to put that out of your mind. You got to take, um, I think I was talking to Jake Fibbert about it and he said that when he shoots, he, every shot is its own individual match. Right. So every time they, like even in the same stage, he'll, he'll shoot. And then that the rest of everything that he just did is out of his mind, except for the wind call. And then go back and they'll shoot that next target. You know, every shot is its own match. And I think that's one of the things that Lonnie Basham had said um, in his book is every time you 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 shoot, you have to make it its own um, its own match right there. Yeah. Right? Nothing else matters except for that one shot. Once you take that shot, that shot doesn't matter anymore. You can't take it back. Yeah. Move so on. You, you move on. You go to the next shot. Um, and, and that's super, super duper hard to do. It really is. Sure. Because um, uh, there's, oh, got it. Like, even at the NRL <laughs> championship. So like, I'm shooting, I'm doing a great job. Like on one, one stage, I'm like, bam, bam, hitting every hit, hitting everything. Just like down the line, just kicking butt. And I'm like, I got this in a bag. Yeah. Wrong thing to say. Missed that <laughs> shot. Yeah. <laughs> right off the side <laughs> because my dopey butt freaking got overconfident, confident, yep. and I was thinking about everything else. Not yeah. that single shot. Thinking about how great you were doing, and then yep. you lose that focus for a second. Mm. Yeah, so, interesting. So it, yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of work, but it's it's super fulfilling, I think. And, and actually, this this doggone game is, is uh, really stupid addictive, like yeah, bad addictive. There's a, you get that that instant feedback. It's almost like yeah. you know, get checking your email thirty times a day to see if see if uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. I emailed you or something like that. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. It's like that. you get that instant feedback. You, you fire that round, and then whoosh, ding, you get that freaking that, yeah. that ring of steel coming back. You're like, yeah, endorphins. Yeah. You love you start, it. Yeah, you start hearing it in your dreams and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hearing the ding. All right, there's a great thing on that. Do you remember? Have you ever seen the Big Lebowski? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he plays the sound of a, a bowling strike on his Walkman, like just over and over and over again while he's laying in the bath. Oh, um, that's right. I remember. Yeah. Um, so just quickly then, can you tell us, because um, you're running the tier one monomount at the moment, aren't you? On one of your yes. rifles. Yeah. How are you finding that? 
I love that thing. That thing is awesome. It is, yeah, it, it is one solid Brilliant. piece of kit. And, and well, uh, so I, I, I brought it once I got it home, like I was a giddy, like a schoolgirl, you know? Um, yeah. And, um, so I showed it to a couple, couple friends of mine. One of my friends is a machinist and uh, he was looking that thing up and down, trying to find a flaw and he couldn't find anything. He, like he even took you know, calipers to it and stuff. And cause yeah. uh, some machinists uh, and your, your great machinists are kind of like great guitar players. Yeah. nothing's quite perfect enough yeah um and he's one of those guys and yeah. uh we, we went through that thing with a with a fine tooth comb and the thing is awesome and so i have it on my rifle right now Brilliant. um and uh, uh right i take more pictures but i'm waiting for my my new stock to come in so it could be her own girl it's what are you what but, are you running at the moment for the competition uh, uh, I, I like manners stocks i have a manners t2a gap um uh, for for my, my rifle right now and uh i've actually been switching it back and forth between my my 22 or 223 trainer and my um main competition rifle which is a stiller wraith with a proof barrel um yep. i have loophole mark 5 on it running the the tier one model mount um yep nice um and the, the stock i'm waiting on is another manners t2a gap uh but it's just a different color Am I right? Thinking oh. Manners are now uh, sponsoring your shoot as well now. Yes, I, yeah, actually, Manners is the. Uh, thanks for uh, reminding me on that. Uh, Manners is the uh, headline sponsor for uh, the, the Big Medicine uh, PRC. They're uh, they're doing uh, they're great great people, really really nice people. Actually, it's hard to find uh, somebody that's not worth a hoot in, in this industry. There's a lot of really really nice people um, for sure within, throughout the industry, like little barrels, proof barrels great people uh criterion uh they're awesome people as well um shoot the, the list goes on for the area 419 guys those guys are some really really nice people over there yeah um, i think i was watching uh they've got an arc around they were they were doing a little while ago uh, yeah area actually that's, that's what i run on my rifles uh arc from area 419 um yeah and, and uh you, you, you can't beat it it's the doggone thing is really really nice and and uh, it's really low profile, right up to your to, to your the bottom of your stock. Um, that thing works really really well. There's other great people that that make uh, good arc rails as well, you know, like Henderson and stuff. But I I, I go with Area Four One Nine just because that's that's who I go with. Are they a local um, local company to you? No, they're in Ohio. Oh, okay. Is um, Area Four One Nine is uh, the area code for Ohio? Ah, okay. Fair play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should have known. <laughs> okay, um, very good. Tell us what's coming up next for uh, for Warhorse Development because you've produced so many cool bags. You've got this this cool shoot going down. Your uh, uh, second pro shoot or second national shoot. Sorry. Um, like, what is next? What does the future hold? Um. Well, try to make more products. Continuation with what we we got here, um, and and try to spread the love as much as we can um i, I do have a sling that I, i'm making i finally i i, I made a sling a while ago uh, at, at a request for from uh a couple of marines and uh trying to source the material was stupid hard i finally really? found a, a a source for the material that i i, I need and so I'll, I'll come out with a sling here here pretty soon and it's 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 nothing like terribly special it's it's a, just a simple sling that works really really well yeah. Um, there's a lot of other great companies that make nice slings as well. Um, uh, some of them, like, like I own several different slings uh, from sure. 
all, all kinds of different companies, and some of them get too doggone complicated. Whereas this one, it's just it's it's really simple, straightforward, um, and that's that's kind of what you want uh, w- within this game, in, in my opinion. Because the more complicated it get gets, um, the the well, the more complicated it gets, especially under duress, uh, under under yeah. time constraint, and under duress when your mind is not uh, totally click firing on all c- cylinders. You know, your your fingers become thumbs, and you can't manipulate uh-huh. anything. Um, so when it's simple, it's easy. Yeah, um, so yeah. That, less failure points. Yeah, exactly. Less failure points, and so that's what I I have there as a, as a, a a simple sling. Um, I have a ruck that I've designed. Oh yeah. This yeah. Uh, I actually started designing this ruck long time ago and i've gone through three iterations of making it and each one's not good enough um what size is it uh well it's specific to um shooters uh so uh, i'm trying to make it more modular so we can actually change your size so we could go from just having enough to go do a one-day prs match yeah, a little club match kind of thing and just have your essential gear to, you know, like maybe being able to do like the mammoth sniper challenge or the Bushnell sniper challenge or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, uh, cause one of the f- things I find, like I, I have a, I have great packs. I have Everly stock. I have mystery ranch. They're, they're good rocks. Really are. Yeah. Good rocks, great brand. But, mystery runs. Great brand. Yeah. Uh, the best dog on yoke system in the, in the world, in my opinion, that thing is the most comfortable pack ever. Um, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there that, that, that makes a more comfortable pack, but I haven't found it. <laughs> this um, will spark a lively debate, I'm sure. <laughs> it would, yeah, it really would. Yeah, I really, I really like Mr. Ranch, and uh, um, so I'm trying to design a rock, uh, or at least the, the pack system itself um, to, to to go for shooters. Oh, oh, and and hopefully, hopefully, I get it done. I have a great employee um, who's who's better at this stuff than I am. This this gal is absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, with her, I'm I'm able to do a little bit more uh, other stuff, and we're actually able to uh, put out our, uh, our our bags uh, uh, faster uh, yeah. um, and, and still maintain the quality that I demand. Uh, I've got, <laughs> might not be the best boss in the world because um, I I demand really really high quality. I've gone through seven employees. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because well, well I have. It's tough though, right? Like when you've been the main man, when it's when it's just you and it's your baby, you give it a hundred and ten percent, and then it's so yeah. hard to 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 translate that into a staff member giving a hundred and ten percent because they just yeah. yeah, that's completely true, and that's one of the, the, the problems that I found is is trying to try and get the, the 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 employee to to care as much as I do about it. Yeah, um, I had one great employee uh, last year about this time. Um, he was, he was actually a, uh, a pipeline welder. Uh, so his job required a lot of attention to detail. So he carried that over to everything that he does. Brilliant. And I, he was a friend of mine. We shot together and stuff like that. And I knew he was unemployed for the, uh, for the winter. Um, I was like, Hey, you want to come work for me? He's like, yeah. So he came work for me and we did great. But then I couldn't pay him, you know, that $3,000 a week that he could make on a pipeline. So he left. God, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. We're gonna go um, learn to weld. What is it? <laughs> Write this down. Yeah, pipeline welding. Pipeline, um, right? <laughs> There's so, gotta be a night course somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. But the dude was really, really good. And then I went through a couple more employees, uh, and then I found, finally found this gal. And uh, yeah, she's been amazing. Uh, I've yeah. had her 
here since October, and we've been, I mean, kicking it in the butt, like really? hardcore, do, doing doing really well. And we actually, like, one of my big things was was being able to, um, you know, create enough to actually, like, make a stock. So when somebody orders, I can send it out as fast as I can. Well, we yep. actually have have a fairly good stock right now because um, we've been just, she this, this guy works, and she does good stuff. So we actually have a stock, and, and I'm hoping to, you know, Potentially, I'd love to build a building here, um, and, and uh, get uh, get the shop above above ground. Yeah, but, like a yeah, brick and mortar store. Well, kind of, except like we're rural as all hell, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't really be a brick brick and mortar store. It would just be, <laughs> uh, you know, a shop with a bunch of stuff in it. Um, Great, because right now my business takes up my basement. That's, yeah, that's sure. Business. Cheapest rent for the business is in my own house, oh, um, without a doubt. And, and I run out. I've I've run out of room essentially for the the, the equipment and machinery that I have. Yeah. Um, and so th- that'll be one of the next things I hope is building our own building uh, above ground, so you can actually Brilliant. get better sunlight. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. 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 You won't be working in the dark. You get a bit of a tan. Oh, well, that's awesome, man. Well, that's uh, that's plenty to look forward to then from Warhorse. So, um, the 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 last thing I like to ask people is. Do you have any words to live by, right? Which is get is slightly a little bit more profound than the sort of stuff we've covered. So I'll give you a second to think about what are your words to live by. And while you're doing that, I want to throw in if you can't come up with something, they're going to be these words because I saw these on your pack when we were walking around shop. You had a morale patch on the back, yeah, and it said, <laughs> "Nobody cares, work harder." That's right. right? And I thought That's that true. is that is the coolest patch. I'm going to get that tattooed on me somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't have any others, those are your words to live by because <laughs> they've stuck with me. Um, so, uh, I got that patch from my friends down at Independence Training in Arizona. Super great people. And, and that's actually completely true. Nobody really cares. Work harder. For um, real. So, so really, it's, the words live by is, is work hard. Um, be honest in everything that you do. And um, defend those that are weaker than you. Awesome, man. Brilliant. I think we all agree with those. Well, we'll round it up there then, Chaz, because that's uh, I've taken an hour of your time, and that was um, really cool. Really appreciate you going into all the detail there and telling us all about Warhorse. And um, we'll put links in the description as well, so everyone can find you. Um, your website is warhorsedevelopment.com. Is that right? Yes, sir. Sure. And uh, are you on any social platforms that people can find you on? Yeah, well, we have, of course, the Facebook. Um, my, my wife kind of runs that, so. There's not a lot going on there. A little bit goes on there, but mainly Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. Uh, videos of you know me shooting, other people shooting, um, and just cool stuff on Instagram. I really like Instagram. Brilliant. Because uh, well, the cool thing about Instagram compared to Facebook is throw a picture, just be like, ah, cool picture. <laughs> yeah, away. true. It's, it, yeah, it's super easy. It's easy to so, like and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as soon as uh, I get that stock in, I'm going to be tagging the crap out of Tier One. Brilliant. Yeah, looking forward to it. Well, we'll do the same. We'll try and get uh, see if we can get Craig to get the, the bag in a shot or something like that and, um, and put it out there. Heck yeah. You've been listening to the Tier 1 Podcast. Brought to you by Tier 1, makers of the world's finest rifle accessories. Find out more at tier-1-usa.com. And tune in for more great insights on the next episode.